Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at Steve Diddy, NFL on Twitter, and of course follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, enjoy by me old buddy, me old pal, it's uh, Peter Jones, at IT Hedgehog, Peter Pete, what's going on buddy? Steve, I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'm very, I'm very good, very, very relaxed, having watched our beloved Packers stroll to another victory and stroll to six and one. I'm, I'm yeah. good. How are you? I'm not too bad. I know we're tired, but as you said, I mean, you know, these late night games are killer. But when you win, happy day. Now, the problem is with these late night games, Pete, is is that, you know, you go into the wee hours of the morning, you get this adrenaline kick, and then you kind of don't know what to do with yourself. So, you know, it's it's been every time now. I'm sick of the late games. And to rectify the situation, I've decided I'm going to go over to Lambeau Field for the next game. That's it. I'm doing it. I don't want to stay up late anymore. We're going to bring the troop over to Lambeau Field to watch them take on the Raiders, baby. Just do it, Steve. Just do it. I think I will. I think I'll get back in the time okay. machine and put in loads of prep and get over it. Do you know what, Pete? I haven't packed uh, a pair of underpants. My wife fronts have not been packed. Uh, I also don't wear wife fronts, but I have done nothing. So I've got audio gear, stuff to take over with the podcast. I've been too busy organizing dinners and the likes for Green Bay. Will I hit you, Pete, and the listeners with a bit of, uh, I was going to say ghetto gospel because it's just in my head from uh, Tupac Shakur's song, Ghetto Gospel, uh, with Elton John. But will I hit you with a bit of uh, planning, Pete? So I'll let you know, let you salivate over what's going down. Go ahead. Well, so we're going over to London Thursday. Uh, then we're flying from London to Chicago, as long as we don't plummet into the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, so we reach Chicago at about 11, and then we're getting the bus transfer up into Green Bay for lunchtime on Friday. So we're going out for dinner. So if anybody wants to meet us, we're going to be around on Friday. If you want to pop down and see us, we're going to be in 1919 Kitchen and Tap for about quarter past eight of a Friday. So if you want to come down, um, hang out, chat some, uh, you can, you know, send us a DM at UK Packers, hit me up at NFL, hit the Facebook page, and we're going to be hanging out, and, and, uh, we're going out Saturday night, so we're probably going to be at the tailgate Saturday night, as well as some autograph signings, and we've also got some famous heads who are coming out for pints. Pete, guess who's coming out for pints on Saturday? I, I just can't get, I just can't guess, Steve. I just, I just, there's too many names going through my head. That's why I like you, Pete, because you could have said Aaron Rodgers and I'd have to say, eh, well, no, and then it'll go right downhill from there. Uh, Rob Domofsky is coming out for points. And cool. Aaron Nagler said he might be around, so that would be cool. Uh, Jason Wilday might be hanging out with the UK Packers. Uh, we got contacted by a couple of news stations. We might be on the news, hopefully in a good way and not on the scanner. Uh, for someone, you know, got sick and ran naked uh, through Lambeau Field. Hopefully not going to end up on that. And then we're going to be tailgating in the Green Bay Distillery uh, with Event USA uh, with Antonio Freeman. So that's not going to be too shabby. Um, Fantastic. It, do you know what, though, Pete? It's a weird game, right? Because we have to ta- start tailgating and eating brats at nine in the morning, um, drinking beers, free beers and all the rest. And then we've got to go to the game for 12. No, 12 early. o'clock, yeah. Well, I was wondering with all that dining out and drinking whether you'd have time for the game 
yeah i don't know maybe we won't you know that happened one year and i know i've probably said this on a podcast before now the thing is if you want to know what it's like to be on a uk packers tour there's a couple of things that you can do number one hit the website and there's a documentary that the packers made all about our tour uh, which is fantastic it is a tearjerker as well and you hear me uh, the sunday after with a really hoarse voice and i'm knackered and i'm not interested whatsoever in talking on camera uh, so that's fun too so there's your first example and also make sure you follow at uk packers on instagram because i'll have a little camera woman that's coming over with me and she's going to be taking some um, insta stories so i'll be able to get that out to people as well but do come down and see us like we do want to see people we want to see wisconsinites we want to tailgate with you fellas as well and ladies um so you know we're going to be at the green bay distillery we'll probably get a couple of things signed by antonio freeman then we're going to be wandering around looking for shot skis and the locals so if anybody wants to meet with us hang out with us that's where we're going to be 1919 kitchen and tap on friday night uh probably stadium view at some stage saturday we'll be hanging out during the day saturday too if anyone else is around sunday we're tailgating at the green bay distillery and then we're going to be tailgating do you want us to tailgate with you hit us up any new stations or any media people listening if you want some opportunities to, to chat to us absolutely and um, we've got some stuff lined up with the news as well if the mayor is listening give us a key to the city bro but um yeah i guess that's enough waffling about the the trip um, Pete, and we'll have to drag you over on one as well. Let's get talking some lions. Um, a lot going around, a lot of controversy, and all people seem to be talking about is the refereeing calls. But can we take a step back from that, Pete, and uh, you give us your thoughts on this game? Well, I think you know, on 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 quick snaps. If we oh, talked about you doing a Pete? <laughs> oh no, hold on, wrong it? podcast. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, we talked about it being a very a very close game. You know, and I think we both called it very close for the for the Packers. And um, I, I think I think the game pretty much went how how we both ex- how we both expected it. Tough black and blue division game. Packers getting their running game going for the for the second week on on the trot. You know, um, Rogers again playing. At a high level, which is which is good to see. So that's that's two or three weeks on the trot now that he's been playing at that level. Mm. Um, so yeah, lots 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 of controversy, but lots of lots of good things from a Packers perspective. And I think it's a game that had lots of key plays. Yeah, lots of key, lots of key plays that had they gone the other way, the the game might have changed. And I think that started. Um, well, obviously, the very first play from scrimmage, the the the, the flea flick at a 66-yard play. But I, my my my, I keep going to the to the Lions touchdown because I'm convinced that that they didn't score. Yeah, understand. Absolutely yeah. convinced that they, that they didn't score on that play, and I haven't yet seen a camera angle that shows them scoring. And I and I know the ball disappears in all those camera angles. But you know what? If the ball disappears and the cameras couldn't see it, then there's no chance that that official, the one official who called it a touchdown could have seen could have seen that ball cross cross the plane of the goal line so whilst there was lots of controversy later on in the game where calls appeared to go to packers way i think there were some calls early in the game that went that went the lions way yeah you see this is the problem um first off that ref was quite a way away um quite a way away <laughs> which sounds amazing um so he was ages away and the problem with these things is now is that they let plays carry on even though they shouldn't because they know that they're reviewable later. And this is just a victim of that, I think. Is, you know, they let him go yeah. in, they call the touchdown, they think they'll catch it on review and turn it down yep. if it needs be. And, they, you know, as you said, there wasn't a camera angle that would 
conclusively show it went over but maybe that it didn't go over either um but i'm i'm with you i don't think the momentum would have carried them over i think we made a great stop um and again that kind of caused the lions to have a bit of momentum there it's true what you say though i mean it is a game of big plays i think on both sides the lions flea flicker was just balls of steel stuff i have to give it yeah. to them uh well executed well caught especially because that was matt stafford's first play from scrimmage and later on in the game, I don't know how many times I wrote down Matt Stafford overthrows or bad throw by Matt Stafford. Because a couple of times our defense, a lot of the time, our defense got burned, especially in the past. It's mad, Pete, isn't it? Like, and not to be too scatty as well. Um, but it's kind of, we've shored up the run um, a lot thanks to Dean Lowry. And even tonight, uh, Matt LaFleur came out and praised him. We've shored up the run and now we've forgotten how to defend the pass. You know what I mean? We did get home when we got a couple of sacks, but... I guess it's a good sign that we can shore up the run because there's been years where no matter what we did, we just couldn't do it. We'd stack the box and they'd still run all over us. So at least we've shown we're able to do it. We just need to find that happy medium now, don't we, as to how to play the defense. But I wonder, will that sort of pull away from one or the other? Um, it's hard to know. Uh, yeah, it is, it is hard to know. I mean, I, 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 I think it will gradually come together. I mean, you're absolutely right for, for giving um, Dean, Real, Dean Lowry a shout out. I, I I thought he'd been struggling the last two or three weeks, um, but he was he, he was excellent. And, and I don't know whether having Montrevious Adams back helped helped Lowry, but certainly he, he, had a, he had a very good game. I think I think what we're seeing is um, aggressive play from the safeties. So with with Savage out, Will Redmond started. I, I, I think you know he was obviously caught out on the on the flea flicker. Whether that was whether you want to apportion blame in advert, inverted commas on that play, half to Redmond, half to King, I don't know. Uh, but but I, but I think that the safeties have been more aggressive and that's probably why certainly in last night's game, along with the play of Lowry, that, that, that they were able to, to stop the run, but also perhaps felt a little bit more exposed in the passing game. Um, but I... I I think it will. I think it will come together. I mean, there's lots of thought, lots of uh, talk uh, on on social media and stuff that the Packers haven't played a, a, a complete game yet mm. on probably both sides of the ball, and I think and I, and I think that's true. Um, so so I'm not I'm not I'm not overly concerned about it. I think I think it will will come together. Yeah, it's a, it's a, an interesting game on all of the talk about the officiating, and we will get to that in a second, I guess. But it was an odd game I found from the Lions in the sense that Redmond almost appears like a time traveller because if you look forward to what the the Lions did, you'd sort of say he was right to bite on the run. So if I may dabble, and it will feed quite nicely into Clown of the Week, um, they open with the flea flicker, which was a 66-yard gain down to the Packers' 12-yard line. Absolute lights-out tackle by Jair Alexander, by the way, because Kevin King looked like he was gassed on that play, um, and Alexander makes the important tackle. They come away with a field goal, which is, again, part of claim of the week, I guess. The second possession for the Lions. Again, Stafford's well-protected. On a deep corner route goes to Marvin Hall for 58 yards. So the first plays of both possessions were just good protection, first off, and just dynamite plays. After this, you will notice a trend that leaks into the Lions' offense. So in their third possession, they were stuffed for a yard. 
Um, on their fourth possession, they were stuffed after a yard, first first play. They take a knee. They come out after the halftime. They're stuffed for one yard. And I've written down, it's the same play over and over and over again. And when they try to get it going with the pass first again, uh, you know, it, it's the seventh line's possession. He well overthrows the receiver. Then they try to get the run going like, geez, that wasn't good. They run for two yards. Then Kevin King breaks, breaks up a pass and then they score a field goal. So... It seems like they were like, you know, bomb pass, that worked, bomb pass, that worked. And then they deviated into this sort of run first stuff and it just wasn't working. When they eventually came out for their eight possession again, Galladay got a massive gain with King on the coverage down the sideline. Um, and they did that again then the next time they got on the field. It wasn't so big, but it was still a seven yard uh, pass that was caught. Um, and again, it was a short pass then for first down. They seemed to have success, Peter, when they went for the pass. Uh, which again is a, is a bad thing for us, and we did come up with some, you know, sort of clutch stuff. Especially what stands out to me is Amos's play on Hawkinson in the end zone, where that's a short touchdown. He has it in his hands, and it's slapped out at the last second. And um, so we did make plays on the ball, but it just seems that the Lions, for whatever reason, just deviated from their game plan. They were passing all over us, and then later on in the game, we kind of settled into it a little bit more, um, and we ended up sort of slapping passes away, but. I just found that curious, you know, big play, big play, big play, and then all of a sudden they just start doing this one yard stuff, which backs them up to second and long, third and long. Yeah, and and you know, you you wonder whether their game plan was exactly that. Obviously, not to get not to get backed up into second and long or third and long situations, but you wonder whether their game plan was 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 exactly about um, let's let's throw early, let's throw long early, hmm. and and try and try and loosen up the Packers. The, the you know the Packers defense and and then start ru- and start running the ball. I, the pro- you know as you quite rightly point out, I think the pro- the pro- the problem with that is is that you get into you tend to offenses tend to get into a mindset and all of a sudden they can't go back to where they were. Um, and it might be because the Packers the Packers shored up shored up the back end as well. I thought that Alexander had an excellent game by the way. Um, probably his one of his best games of the season, I think. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just think the offense, it's the whole momentum is the whole momentum thing. You know, there's, there's, do you keep riding that same horse? Do you keep, keep going with those same plays until they're stopped? Or do you try and, do you try and mix it up? But, you know, conversely, I mean, if you look at, if you look at the Packers offense, probably through the first four yeah, through the first four games of this season, they've thrown a lot early on first down. And then as games have gone on, they've gone into this run a lot on first down and not been as successful. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a, I think it's a momentum and a mindset thing. And then you just can't switch back. Yeah, probably true. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's as well as that, that, um, and I'm glad we did it last week where when something's working, you just keep flogging it. You know, you just keep going for it. This, this was weird though, from a Packers offensive perspective, because early on in the game, they really do ride Jones and Williams um, a whole lot. Um, so the first possession for us, you know, Gmo drops it. It should have been a first down. And that's one of six drop passes, according to LaFleur. Uh, that really cost us. You know, our second offensive possession, Aaron's Joan fumbles the ball. It's a good play by uh, Detroit to, to rip that ball out. Um, but again, it's here that I have written down, you know, great safety valve stuff. Um, it all went to the running backs. So, you know, he checks down to Aaron Jones for six yards. Um, it's play action, and then he hits Jones for a first down. Um, 
which looked like a bad helmet hit. Then Jamal Williams gets the ball. Then it's a pitch to Williams. And then Aaron Jones has the ball. And he made it past the first down marker and, and when he fumbles the ball. Um, but it was just odd. First off, I like the, the safety valve stuff you know, that I saw in this game. Yeah. It was an awful lot of sort of dump-offs, check-downs. There was a, a few blown-up screens, um, but that happens. But then the the game, it, it was honestly like a game, like a, a play, you know, there was there was the intermission. And then when we came back out, it was a game of a game of two offs uh, where Aaron Rodgers is just slinging it. And what I found was is a quote that was really curious. And I don't have the exact wording, but it was kind of like that Aaron Rodgers isn't worried about his stats anymore. He's just willing to do it for the team. I'm kind of thinking that stuff that people said about him for years and it was always like, no, that's not true. That's that's an unfair whatever. And then he basically came out, didn't he, and said, yeah, it's, it's more about a, a team game. He's, it seems like he hands the ball off a lot, dumps the ball off a lot. And then, uncharacteristically so, he's slinging it into tr- triple and double coverage. Yeah. Two things that stand out to me, Pete. Number one is the one that... um. Gmo got lit up on. I don't. I personally think that should never have been thrown. It was into basically between three defenders, and he got he got lit up. Not saying Aaron Rodgers put him in a bad position or whatever, but I don't personally think that play was on because you know he was stretching to get the ball in the first place. The other one that actually worked out much better was in the fourth quarter to uh, Jimmy Graham, and I think Jimmy Graham. Or earlier in this, I'd have to look at my notes, but I think earlier in this, wasn't there a shot into the end zone and it basically just slapped off and went elsewhere? Whereas in the fourth quarter, or maybe maybe that was after, he throws the ball and Jimmy Graham has to reach up with his wingspan and catch it. But as a defender, like it would have went straight into the defender's breadbasket um, had he missed that, had Jimmy Graham bobbled it or whatever, which I believe he had done in an earlier game this season. So unbelievable trust by Aaron Rodgers. And then, Peter, were any of those throws to MVS? And Alan Lazard actually on because there was like, I, I've written down like zero separation or a 0.5 of a yard of separation. Unbelievable. So not only for him to put it there, but for the defender not to sort of flail it away. And then also for the receiver to actually come down with it, just shocking stuff. Yeah, it was, it was, it was strange, but I think that it was a game of strange momentum. Yeah. Um, you know, with 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 the Lions going out to that early lead, but as you quite rightly say, you know, settling for field goals rather than touchdowns. You know, they scored the one touchdown, but everything else was a, was a field goal. And then the Packers pulling pulling level, you know, early in the second early in the second half or midway through the third quarter, and then getting the ball back, but then Shepard muffing the punt return. Oh yeah. You know, the whole momentum of the game seemed to shift on that muffed punt return, and. And, and and it and it felt you know, it felt like such a big deflation at that point that it was almost like the Packers' offensive game plan changed when they got the ball back after on their on their next possession after that it was it was almost if you cut the game into two parts pre Shepherd's fumble and post Shepherd's fumble it was looked like two completely set two completely different sets of offenses. Yeah, it's so odd. It it really is. It's and again, it's one of those games. I think is it the first game this season where we've been down heavily at the start and we had to come back. Yeah. Because it was always yeah. this stuff of like, oh, once the plays are scripted, um, you know, the Packers get up to a lead and then we kind of go stale. This time it's the it's opposite day. So it's it's just great. Again, I'll say it like I said last week. This is the measure of a great team that can rally around it, uh, knock it into their own feelings, pull out plays. Um, you know, Shepard had an absolute nightmare of a night. And again, like typical knee jerk stuff. People are like, oh, cut him. You know, and it's like, no. But one thing I will say and one thing I wrote down to me, Peter, I don't know how you feel about it. He just didn't look dangerous on returns. 
No, and it's 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 it, it's interesting because they because they released Tremont Smith yesterday yeah. to activate Evan Bayless from the from the practice squad, and um, you know Shepard's returned almost no punts in his whole career. Mm. Just one before the and, game, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that, and 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 it's I don't know. You're putting the guy in a ve- in a very in a very difficult spot, and he looked very 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 uncomfortable. Um, but you know, it it's it's with Adams be you know injured and and the injuries we seem to be getting at the at the wide out spot. You know, it, it's difficult. What what do you do? Can you afford to carry a guy like Tremont Smith, for example, that just returns kicks? I don't know if you can. So, you know, it's 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 it's, it's unfortunate, but it's just one of those things, I think. Yeah, it's um, no need to be for everyone out there to be too hard on the guy. I don't think again, do what you want. Who cares? But it's just, um, yeah, he's a rookie. He'd only returned one punt in his career before um, last night's game. Uh, again, a couple of really fundamental errors, like you know, jumping up to to get the ball. Lafleur in tonight's press conference uh, came out and criticised him for it and said that you never reach up. You know, worst case scenario, you let it go, but you also have to call for the fair catch. You know, don't leave yourself open to be reaching up for it. Again, this this typical journalist stuff. So I'm not going to make too much of it. Someone said, "Is the is the position up for grabs again?" And he said, oh, "All positions are up for grabs." Um, but let's not delve too much um into that. But yeah, I mean, he was in the position to to catch that ball, but there was the field was greasy and slippery, and that's the thing, and that's what I'll come back to. The Lions on their first offensive possession as well, they get right down by uh, our end zone. They're in the red zone, and it's just disastrous. It's a crappy snap, crappy snap, crappy snappy. Um, and then the Packers uh, defend the throw into the end zone, and then Stafford kind of trips up as well. So I mean, everyone was sort of slipping and sliding all night. Now. We said flippantly, I did anyway, uh, before this game, is who's going to excel? Jamal Williams, because he is he, a mermaid. Um, and we played that soundbite, and I won't <laughs> play it again. And it actually worked out. I think the man actually is a merman, um, which is great. But look, Pete, we can't really talk about the game and ignore the officiating calls too much. Now, I could have given the clown of the week to the refs, absolutely. But instead, I'm going to give it to someone else. But before we get there, it's time for this. Now, I don't know whether I give this award to the Lions or I give it to the fan base who are going absolutely crazy. In a way, I do sympathize um, with the Lions and with their fan base. If you get a call that you don't agree with or something that isn't right, um, you know, you feel aggrieved by it. But Pete, if I may just say, if a game comes down to one or two bad officiating calls, particularly when you've had the opportunities in the red zone, as much as the Lions had and as much as we tried our best to basically give the game away um, you know with with fumbles uh, with dynamite bomb plays down by a red zone um, you know to Darius Shepard you know f- that interception which was just wild you know once once we have that type of stuff um, and as well as that the the like you mentioned earlier that fourth down that didn't look to be in but they were giving it anyway so it's a real momentum shifter should a game ever come down to an officiating call in that instance, it sh- it sh- it shouldn't do, Steve. But I have to I have to tell you, I've I've still not got over the um, Jerry Rice fumble in the nineteen ninety eight <laughs> divisional playoff game. Oh, I've and, 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 and until that plays overturned, Steve, I don't talk about bad bad officials. <laughs> I don't even don't even want to entertain that 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 conversation. So, um, 
no, in all, in all in all seriousness, most games that that where us as fans complain about bad officiating, there's whole bunches of stuff that's gone on before that. Had mm. this play been different, had that play been different, had the Lions scored four touchdowns rather than five field goals, the game would have been the game would have been different. So no, it, it shouldn't come down to one or two officiating calls. Yeah, because I mean, as I went through the the post game analysis stuff, you know, going through the play by play and writing down sort of what stood out to me, I do this sort of drive summary. And with that in mind, I was looking at the officiating. I mean, so their their first possession was was manky because they dropped the snap then matt stafford trips over himself then it's a bad pass um into the end zone and then on their second offensive possession um you know they get chunk yardage again they get down for the touchdown so that's fine to do the job uh third offensive possession uh, they seem to move at will with the pass and then the run stuffed excellently apart from they have one screen um, there's a touchdown saving play in Hawkinson had he just sort of voice gripped that ball uh, that would have been fine but he didn't and that ball was slapped away too easily if you ask me their fourth offensive possession you know again another large pass play uh, they get away with it it was good pressure from the defense good run stuff and they don't get out and going and they have to punt the ball like there's so many I could sort of work down through where uh you know, it's it's just really poor play uh, or poor play calling by the Lions. They were given good offensive field position and an awful lot of these occasions and they keep coming away with field goals all the time. And some of these were like Matt Stafford just skying a pass to a player that was open that could have got positive yardage that just didn't. Um, you know, other ones I have big pass play, bad runs. Um, what's this, bad passes, there's an important sack on third down, you know, to sort of, to leave themselves so open, to good, good pass protection, Matt Stafford has all day sometimes, but the minute it comes down to third down, you know, the Packers seem to get that pressure on, so it really shouldn't have come down to a refereeing decision, um, and then on top of that, like again, look, don't get me wrong, I do sympathise with the whole thing, with the with the refs calling bad calls, um, but there's so many different replays flying around, um, where Flowers had his hands right up under his chin. And Bakhtiari even came out and said that he was looking at the sky for an awful lot of that game. So I'm pretty sure there was probably stuff that wasn't called. Um, now again, there's no Lions fans probably listening to the podcast. Maybe this is the one they do listen to to see what we're going to say. Um, I do sympathise with them. I think that they really stuck it to the Chiefs. Um, but again, this is it comes down to fine margins. If you're going to put a team away, you have to put a team away. If you don't, you know, you don't want to leave yourself in in a case where a bad officiating call can completely destroy that W. Um, but that's just what it came down to in the end. So yeah. I no, I I 100% agree, and I think and I think any game in which in which you win the turnover battle three to three to nothing like the like the Lions did is a game you have to win. Yeah, you know the the percentages are highly in your in your favour if you win the turnover battle by one, but to win it by three and still not win, um, it really comes really comes down to your to your own um, poor play if you like. Yeah, I mean, they didn't play well and there's enough people out there who's going to point out, you know, that they had, I think, 58 yards in the second half, yet they're still screaming and moaning about how they should have won that game because of an officiating call. They just simply didn't play well enough. Um, one drive in, for, in that, for instance, there's two actually, the eighth and the ninth offensive drives uh, for the Lions. It's just bad passes all over the place and then they get sacked on third down. The next time it's a run for eight yards, you know, they've got... You know, it's second and short. Then it's a terrible pass to his fullback. He just completely blows it when his fullback could have easily have just walked in for the first down. And um, then it's an incomplete pass that's challenged by Matt Lafleur, which is a good challenge. And they still knock a fifty-four yard field goal um, over the uprights, which again 
54 yarders they're so often missed but Prater was like the MVP for them on the day so <laughs> they, you know they still like that could have went wayward and if it did go wayward well then you know we're more comfortable winners than than usual you know and then I hear people saying oh well if we take away you know the Shepherd fumble and if we take away Aaron Jones fumble uh, in response to this taking away your you know and all this type of stuff like we can't really get into hypothetical situations there but you know they had a bit of fortune as well um, you know they played the right coverage on the very first play of the game and yet they still couldn't um, knock the ball in it was still a field goal so look like we say every week um, you know the other team are getting paid too so are the Packers defence it was a good stand when we had them positive stuff uh, with the run um, but I guess anything else to say about this game Pete before we jump on into our first fan of the week in ages <laughs> I guess the only, the only other thing Stephen you've touched on it was was the the, the great performance by Jamal Williams mm. you know he really he really did you know bounce back from his from his concussion a couple of couple of weeks back and played probably almost certainly his best game yeah. you know as a as, as a packer over 100 yards rushing and you know and you have to love the play call on the on the touchdown reception in inverted commas that that that, that he had you know the, on the the jet motion play that was that that was a pretty pretty nifty pretty nifty play call and 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 yeah so all kudos to uh, Jamal Williams from me yeah, and again, another honourable mention before we go to our fan of the week that uh, it was Mason Crosby's very first Lambo leg up. Um, so that was great uh, to see him get up there. And there was a bit of heavy petting as well that I got on video that I was going to put out. Like, he's kind of leaning back, not knowing the right uh, posture to have with a Lambo leap. And uh, there's some very dicey uh, gloves being placed all over the place uh so again i might put that out on my twitter uh, just to keep that filth off at uk packers but it's definitely worth an l view um so anyway i guess it's time for fan of the week meet the fan meet the fan Yep, so Meet the Fan's back, and I couldn't be back in a better way than this next gentleman. Um, he's a man of many talents, but more importantly, he's a Packers fan. It's Mr. Rob Gardner. Rob, buddy, how are you doing? Yeah, not doing too bad. Uh, a little bit sleek deprived from last night, but uh, it was well worth it, especially as uh, my housemate is a Lions fan. So, oh. uh, 10 o'clock this morning, he got reminded of the score. Extra bonus points. So he didn't stay up and watch the game himself. No, he decided to leave you on your own. No, he was supposed to stay up, but uh, he uh, went to bed early. wasn't feeling too well was his excuse. Oh, and I'd say he was feeling even more unwell when he saw the result and maybe some of the officiating. But anyway, Rob, we have to start off. Um, again, I'm an Irishman. He, such a paddy. And I don't know where your accent's from. So can you give us a quick rundown of who you are and where you're from? Okay, yeah, obviously uh, my name's Rob and um, I'm from Watford, which is probably only famous for Elton John, really. <laughs> not a bad claim to fame, Pete, what do you think? Uh, yeah, no, that's that's not a bad claim to fame and even even better, that means Rob's only just down the road from, from where I am. Oh, there you go. So, so, so Rob, why, why did you become a Packers fan and how? Well, I think the Packers chose me, really, because I actually grew up as a Dolphins fan due to my dad. Uh, oh, Jesus. And... I know, I know, for my sin. But during the 90s, I actually found a news agent had a sticker album. So I was a, I was a Cowboys fan for about two years. As, <laughs> as, a, as a seven-year-old, you wanted to pick the best team. So I sadly picked that one. And so, yeah, it was, I think it was a 98 season. Um, I wanted to pick a team, said the first team to pick me. 
uh, I'll support them. And I think it was the wildcard game against, I think, the 49ers. And Brett Favre looked a little bit down in the dumps. And, uh, yeah, I thought, you know, he looks a bit sad. Don't support any team in green. <laughs> and who? what I want to know as well is, is who are you going to support next? I mean, are we going to see, unlike the Cleveland Browns podcast in four years' time, you'll be like, well, you know, I was a Packers fan and then... Uh, Rob, you've been around. So, why did you? How did you pry yourself away then from the Dolphins? Because surely the old man wasn't too happy. And again, I want to know how he became an NFL fan as well, because that, that surely that's back in the day as well. Yeah, I think he. Uh, I think he said he watched the was it the World Bowl or something back in the uh, back in the eighties, and mm. then yeah, just huge uh, huge American football fan. So um, yeah, he just got me into it. I even went to a couple of London Monarchs game when the when the fridge was playing. Oh my God! Yeah, nice. Then, uh, yeah, so that's show, showing my age a bit, and um, yeah, just picked. You know, I just ended up wanting to pick up uh, a team wine. So yeah, my, my dad, he does. In day, he's a Dolphins fan, so he's long and suffering. Doesn't know what what's good for him anyway. So he's <laughs> he's pretty happy with my choice. But the whole family's massive fans. So my sister, she's a Lions fan, and my brother's a Raiders fan as well. So yeah, we are we all a bit mixed up. Well, you, you got you got to the, you got to the right team in the end, Rob. That's 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 the main thing. Um, exactly. So, it's a mouth and not a spring. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely right. So, have have you ever have you made the pilgrimage to Lambeau Field yet? I haven't. Um, I'm actually going to go uh, this coming Friday. However, I did uh, sneakily plan a holiday once to Miami, and lo and behold, you know who would have who would have guessed that Miami was playing uh, the Packers? So you know, I had to go naturally. Funny how that works out, Rob, huh? Um, yeah, yeah very exactly. nice. So me, you, and the whole troop are going to be going over to watch the Raiders play. Now, again, earlier in the podcast, I've already given people a rundown um, of what we're going to get up to over there. So the first experience in Lambeau Field, it's going to be exciting. I'll have to get your reaction um, on camera as well, just to, to get that sort of goosebump stuff. Um, have you any sort of things on your checklist to do in Green Bay before you go over, or is your is your mind an open book, Mr. Gardner? Yeah, I think mine's, mine's a bit of an open book, really. I don't really, I've looked online and see, you know, what to do and like the trolley dash and stuff, but really just to enjoy the enjoy the group's festivities and and obviously really uh, really looking forward to the uh, tailgating. So one of my favourite players is going to be there. Yeah, Antonio Freeman, uh, which is pretty cool. And again, are you going to that autograph signing, Rob, on the Saturday? Because does Blake Martinez and Aaron Jones are at that autograph signing? Have you managed to pip a place to that, or are you coming out with us on the pints? Um, I think it'll be the latter. I think I might uh, enjoy a pint or three. Yeah, no offense to Aaron Jones and Blake Martinez. We know they listen. We surely do. <laughs> so, Rob, Rob, what's your what's your what's your best Packers moment? Um, well, I think there's obviously winning the Super Bowl was a uh, pretty pretty. Pretty good yep. moment, I think. Um, I think probably just because I've watched it live was um, the the two minute uh, drill that Aaron Rodgers did in Miami. So obviously, never give Aaron Rodgers any time on the clock, and it was you know it was, it was pretty it's pretty good. And I was actually in the end zone where where he actually threw the touchdown. So that was a pretty good moment. Pretty decent, yeah, not Fantastic. too shabby. Because I know my first experience with the Packers was going over and we got smoked by the Dallas Cowboys, which wasn't great. I had to go back the next year, um, season opener against the Seahawks and see us actually get the, the W. But look, an awful lot of people listening to the podcast, they, they, you know, they're driving along in their car, they see the notifications for meetups and stuff like that. This year has been pretty blockbuster. 
uh, as it has been with you know Manchester meetup. Uh, we went to Cardiff, uh, going to Green Bay. There's Glasgow, Birmingham, London, Dublin, all on the cards uh, for when we get back from Lambeau Field. Have you ever been to one of our meetups, Rob? And what has your experience been like at one of those meetups? No, t- totally. I think I think the meetups is an, an ideal time to uh, commiserate. As uh, my first meetup was in Dublin, and oh, we won't talk about the results. Yeah, yeah. Let's not go there. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've done the uh, Manchester one, done the London ones, and it's a you know good mixture of different people. So no, totally recommend it. And you know, if you do end up not scoring any points and losing, there is a lot of alcohol to be consumed. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think there's alcohol usually provided at any juncture, uh, you know, irrespective of the score. It's kind of like Lambeau Field in that way. Uh, but listen, Rob, uh, you're a great dude. Looking forward to seeing you over in Green Bay. And before you go, we do have a membership scheme and you can get in there and you're the first to learn about all the meetups. And, you know, we try to do giveaways. And when the Packers do, and they will eventually come over to London, well, then you're going to be on that mailing list and we're trying to get uh, group tickets. Everyone sit together and make the Packers game truly a home game. You are a member of the UK Packers. Do you want to give a shout out to what your membership number is? Yep, uh, my membership number is number 58. There you go, 58 in the top 100. And just to give people a flavour, uh, you can get personalised merch on the store and you can get your membership number on it. 58 sounds like a sexy number, uh, but if you're 258, 1,258 on your jersey that you get, you will still have the 58 with the 1,200 emblazoned inside. That's not really visible. Uh, that's a question that we get all the time. But Mr. Rob Gardner, um, it's not goodbye for long. I'll be seeing you probably um, in Heathrow Airport and we'll be flying over to Chicago and getting the bus up, singing some old jolly tunes up to Green Bay. And until then, my friend, see you later. Toodles. So there we've Rob, uh, sound chap, one of the other members. If you want to be on the podcast uh, to have and download on your mobile phone uh, forevermore, uh, give me a shout and get on the get on the podcast. We'd love to have you on for fan of the week. Find out who you are, where you're from, uh, how you became a Packers fan, and some of your nice Packers memories. But Peter. I don't know how much we're going to remember of this um, actual Raiders game and I'm not entirely sure uh, with quick snaps that I'm going to be able to do stuff that's very creative um, to get on and give people some content before the Raiders game but I will say we're definitely going to be on Instagram stories so get on to Insta stories and Twitter to follow the, the progress. You might come up with a better sober, um, and I mean that in every sense of the word, uh, sort of assessment of what we're going to face against the Raiders. For me, I loved seeing that thing on, on preseason, and we saw it in Hard Knocks where, you know, John Gruden's kind of taking the 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 Lee D off the Packers, saying that we're kind of a bit soft, that he just wants to play football and that we had to play in a shortened field. So this is the attitude you're going to get from the Raiders. And they've kind of been up and down this season where they come out and you go, oh, look, they're legit. And then they get trounced and you're like, oh, no, they're the same old Raiders. What are we going to see in this Raiders team? And what do you think we should look out for? And I guess this can be called a mini quick snaps. You doing it, Pete? I've done it, but just quickly. <laughs> Sorry, I can't go um, too long. <laughs> well, I think the thing that you touched on earlier about, you know, the Packers hopefully finding a way now to stop the run on, on defense will be really crucial against against the Raiders. So, so the Raiders um, are looking like a more conservative offense this year. You know, Carr's not throwing it down the field so much and they're running the ball with a lot of success. Um uh, so the rookie Josh Jacobs has got nearly 500 yards rushing and, you know, the Raiders have only played five games, so nearly 100 yards a game on the ground. So I think we can we can look for a lot of a lot of the Raiders running the ball, um, short passes out to the backs um, and, and even their leading receiver is their is their tight end, 
um, Waller, who's got 37 catches this year, and I think he caught 12 or 13 in one game against the Vikings. So I think we're, you know, we're looking for the Raiders to play some hard-nosed, smash-mouth, running, running the football type game. Um, and I think from the, from the Packers' perspective, if they could, if they can stop, if they can stop that running game, I, you know, fully expect them to come out on top. Yeah, true too. And we saw some sort of green shoots there in that last game. Uh, but as you said, one of the really scary thing about the Raiders is their tight end play, which is where we've struggled. You know, a large reason why we got beaten up by the Eagles was Zach Ertz uh, being a big target, but also good quarterback play. And as you said, Derek Carr has been sort of more conservative. And there's even a soundbite uh, with Hard Knocks where he turns around and says, everything seems a bit slower for me now. I, I really get this offense now, uh, which is frightening too. Yeah, absolutely, and this is this is this is this is not your 2018 Raiders. This 2019 Raiders looks like a a better team, a much better team than last year. So, you, so you're right, kind of up and down, but they've won the last two. They've beaten the Colts and they've beaten the Bears, as we know in in London. So this is a, this is a team that's coming off consecutive wins, plus that plus that bye week. So you know, mm. 14 days rest. So this is a this is a dangerous team. For the for the Packers to for the Packers to be playing absolutely yeah and don't forget that the Colts didn't they beat the Chiefs uh, by a point yeah. um so again that's not to be sort of sniffed that that's a that's a pretty good team as well the Bears excellent defense and that's something where they really struggled was offensively um in in prior years so much so that they were like trade Derek Carr. Um, but it seems to be uh, really come together for the Raiders. A scary team. We thought this was going to be a game where we get to see Antonio Brown, uh, but it turns out that no one gets to see Antonio Brown apart from inside <laughs> a courtroom potentially. Um, so again, it's still going to be an absolutely cracker game. So I guess that's it for the podcast. This is the the last one before Lambo. Um, again, I might be able to bring some content, maybe even a podcast, um, which will be a bit of a melee, a bit of a mishmash. Uh, very sort of influencer um, sort of you know social media style uh, on Instagram and all the rest but do follow along it's going to be a great adventure there's going to be some famous faces that we'll hopefully bump into over in Green Bay so I guess Peter but to yourself we'll be the due and uh, we'll have you back on the podcast um, I would reckon you see this is the problem too is that when we get back then we're only going to get back on Tuesday after kind of effectively an overnight flight so when it comes to podcasting if we can manage to wrangle out a podcast um, or two in between that time, it's not going to be easy, but we will try to do it because there's one thing that we've done here at UK Packers throughout the off season, throughout all of these years. I think the podcast has been going now between maybe even four years now. It goes to show time flies when you're having fun. Hundreds of episodes, but we always like to keep it consistent. I think in all of that time, we've missed maybe three or four weeks in between. I always tried to bring you some content and we have... Our good old buddy, old pal Peter, uh, bringing the noise in our latest podcast. So big thanks to Pete. But this is it for uh, our pre-Lambo uh, podcast. So um, yeah, come out and see us over there. But if not, talk to you next week. Go, Pat, go.